This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On today's show, we discuss the loss at AFC Wimbledon and some dropped points at home against Carlisle. Welcome to Borough Pods. Hello, Patrick. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Um, I am. I had a rubbish night's sleep, mate. I woke up at about three a.m. I've been sleeping on the sofa because it's just too hot to have it at the moment. Um, so uh, I, I woke up to my missus blasting Dragon's Den at three a.m. in her bedroom. Oh, um, you don't need that. Which was really frustrating. Um. But other than that, yeah, I'm okay. How are you? I'm very similar by the sounds of it. Our neighbours have been having really loud karaoke parties. So when I went to bed, all I could hear was like 50 drunken people shouting, Are you still the world? Which was great, you know, really relaxing and uh, de-stressing. But that's good because the last time we recorded this early, we got accused of being low energy. And, uh, you know, we've already dispelled that nice and early doors this time. (laughs) Did we? Well, I mean, one, yeah. I don't remember recording this early, and two, who said that? I can't remember, slash, don't want to name drop people. <laughs> well, fair enough, Patrick, I suppose. Um, let's get AFC Wimbledon in the former pizza trophy out of the way. Uh, sounded like a... Obviously, like, no one actually watched it because it's that awful competition. Um, it sounded like we didn't perform particularly well. Um, obviously, we gave a lot of starts to new recruits and returning from injury peeps. And then we lost some penalties. Who cares, right? <laughs> it was a game that was very scrappy, which probably isn't a surprise given the much changed nature of our lineup. Um and it was a good opportunity to get some minutes under the belts for people and to start to build up those connections which you need going into the league games that really matter. I don't know yeah. how chained Wimbledon were. I haven't checked that. I should have, but you know it's nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, so screw it. Um <laughs> but they didn't look great either. So it looked like they'd made changes. And if they hadn't, then they're just not very good. Um and yeah, the stats bear that out, you know, like nine shots on target the entire game. And it felt like that sort of fixture where there was a lot of scrapping, but not a lot of cohesion. And the chances came when people made mistakes. And 
took the lead and couldn't hold on to the lead, which will disappoint um, Evans. Lost a penalty shootout, which I don't think he'll give that much of a monkey's about. So we get a point, Wimbledon get two points and we move on. And I think as Chud's pointed out, like there's some decent prize money to be had in this competition. So they won't want to just toss the towel in and not care completely, but it's not yeah. critical to the season's success. No, right, exactly. It's it's uh, it's a competition purely that you want to do well in because of the prize money. But really, if you go out of the group stage, it's not really a massive loss, is it? And the right-back rotation continues. Uh, so, MacDonald had it in this game. We're still missing Luther and we're still missing Kane. So, it's like, fit someone in from the midfield who doesn't mind doing a job out of position, which is not ideal. And uh, we'll come on to that. No, it's not not completely ideal. Um, but like you said, you know, it's, it, it was more minutes for people returning from injury and 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 giving minutes to some of the guys that haven't been a part of the setup for too long. So that's kind of that's the important thing about that game. The result, the result for for me, and I assume for Steve Evans and for a lot of people, isn't all that important. Um, but it's, it's a bit disappointing that obviously then. The performance didn't quite match expectations, but when you're bringing in new players, you're playing players out of position because of you know because you've you've got no alternatives, and when you're bringing people back from injury, you know it's kind of it's hard. You've got to half expect it. Yeah, and after the game, Evans was pretty harsh on them, you know, and it was a clear indicator that. If you want to get a regular starting spot in the league team, you need to be doing better than that, regardless of the number of changes we've had and how well you know each other. It was a shot across the bowels of the like yes. more squad fringe players just to say, look, that ain't good enough. We should be putting games like that away. And if you're not mm-hmm. capable of putting games like that away, you'll be staying on the fringes, which, you know, it's the sort of harshness. I kind of didn't expect in a post-match interview, I kind of expected that stuff behind closed doors and it to be, oh, you know, we put in a good shift, they had some good minutes under the bells, blah, blah, blah. But no, he came out and said it, and uh, that's probably for the good, I think. Yeah, I mean, there might be one or two players that... (sighs) Sorry, I feel a little hard done by, perhaps, but on the balance, I think that it's probably the right thing to do to give them a bit of a kick up the arse. Yeah, if you take that sort of comment in the wrong way, you might not have the right mentality anyway. So it's good to yeah. lay the line down clearly and be firm about it. Yeah. Um, well, that's not wrapped up. Don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> that's more than I cared about it on the Tuesday night. Uh, that's that's good. We, we we managed to give it about five minutes. That's, more that's than longer enough. than the average football league show highlights, so that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Um... So, Stevenage 2, Carlisle 2. Um, I feel like... Uh, oh, sorry. You can tell it's Sunday morning. I can't stop yawning. Um, <laughs> you, you can tell... Um, you can tell Steve... Um, no, you can't tell. You can't tell. I've really lost it. Um, let me start again. Steve threw a bit of a uh, curveball to, uh, yesterday with playing Nick Freeman at right wing back. Um, Sweeney Thompson and Pidge as a back three, and then Butler as obviously left wing back. But it was Freeman. Um, many people, myself included, assumed that 
Nathan Thompson would be right back. Finley Burns would be in the middle of the three. And uh, Freeman would play in, you know, what would be one of his more comfortable positions as a centre mid. Um, but he, he went out right back and he did a job. I think he had a good game. Yeah, it was decent. You you wouldn't have known he wasn't playing in a position he's um, more used to playing in, shall we say. He was solid. No. It didn't look like we had a particular weakness down that flank. Late on, he had a really nice uh, drive deep into Carlisle's half and put in a really dangerous cross, which Roberts headed pretty much straight at the keeper, unfortunately. But it was a decent chance to take the lead mm-hmm. really late on. So, yeah, he was all right. Um, you perhaps didn't see the connection with the midfielder in front of him, which is what you kind of need to start building up to really create a lot of chances down those flanks. And to be honest, that was the case on both sides because they basically didn't have midfielders in front of them a lot of the time. There was a lot of... No, well, that, that's, what, that's what I was going to add to that. They didn't have... We didn't play three three central mids or, you know, sort of the the, the three wide forwards the two wide forwards, did we? We had we had a quite narrow midfield two of Burns and Thompson with Roberts just sat in front of him and then McNeil yeah. and Reed up top. So we were quite narrow in that respect. Yeah, and when Carlisle had their biggest success, they pinned us in, forced us back to the fullbacks, and then the fullbacks had nothing to play the ball to and yeah. just ended up in a long, hopeful loop down the wing that they mopped up nice and easily. And certainly after yeah. they equalised in the first half, the rest of that half, they kept us fairly well contained, and it was they they did. Quite there was a lot of that. To watch at times. I commented a few times that the uh, in the first half, um, the pressing from Maguire, Cody, and uh, Gibson for them were, were particularly um, particularly effective. They uh, they had good good games containing our our midfielders and our and our wing backs, and you know the. Nine times out of ten, the only ball on was back inside to Sweeney, Pidge, or back to Ashby Hammond. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a struggle at times, and it's a team that's got a good group of like really experienced players. Players like Mellish, you know, they know what they're doing. Very solid citizens um, with a bit of flair from people like Gibson in there, um, who had a quiet game actually got quite frustrated got a frustrated yellow card early on and then yeah. got later on from that so yeah they they handled that sort of stuff quite well in fact frustrated yellow card seems to be the order of the game there was a few of those yeah I mean I'd, I'd say that uh, Charlie Manil and Jordan Roberts both I mean I think Jordan Roberts yellow card was a little bit harsh um, it was a little bit late but there was there was nothing in it um Gibson and uh, I'd say Guy for them, he took the yellow cards for them, and Charlie Manil, they were all frustrated yellow cards. And all three of them were hooked shortly after they gave them. Yeah. Got all were given them. Um, talk about, talking about the goal, um, for, for one, the free kick that was given in the, in the, inside the centre circle that led to the, uh, Led to the goal uh, for us. Uh, it was about halfway. It wasn't quite inside the centre circle. Soft free kick, very soft free kick, um, which was a which was a theme of uh, Darren Drysdale's day, um, giving really soft free kicks in favour of Stevenage, um, but also 
ignoring their back three, wearing our strikers' shirts, <laughs> but then giving That's the exact thing. same foul, giving the exact same foul against the Stevenage player in the second ball um, against us, which just infuriating. Um, but yeah, so uh, the free kick it came in right down the middle of the box. Carl Piergiani nods it on. Jamie Reed is the only man who gambles on a knock-on. Gets there in front of the goalkeeper, 1-0. Yeah, it was a nicely nicely worked piece of work from uh, Reed certainly, because that's a difficult kind of... Not a, not a nice height to have to take it, but he finished it well. And it was no, a, yeah. a kind of... It was a successful um, sort of application of what we saw the mistiming before, where we ended up with two players in the same space. So yes. there was a player under where the ball was headed by Pidge, who drew two defenders to him, which allowed Pidge to come in from wider out and jump above all three to win the header in that sort of space, but not quite as on top of the Stevens player who was already in the area. So I kind yeah. of understand where they were coming from with that before now a bit better than I did before, which is uh, good to see. Um, yeah, so that time it worked. Dan Butler swirled in a nice cross, got... It would be a second assist in ice hockey. We don't count those in football, but he's going to pick up a few of those this season with that sort of delivery. And uh, yeah, yeah, he will. Yeah, I think it'll be disappointing. One of the big disappointments for uh, Evans will be two matches in a row we've taken the lead. In this case, multiple times and not been able to hold on to it. And particularly yeah. at home, you don't want to be taking the lead multiple times and failing to pick your three points up. That's uh, a recipe for mid-table, especially against the club that. Uh, right down to the doldrums of the league, right? Yes, I think, absolutely. I, I, I said I said quite early on that they that they look a much better side than their league position suggests. I don't think they're going to be in trouble at all this season. Um, yeah, I, I was, was going to say well. the same. Yeah, Simo's a good manager. Um, uh, they've got a, they've got a solid solid set of players down the spine of that team, um, and you know Jokel Anderson's was the best player on the pitch yesterday. So if you can put in more performances like that, that'll be absolutely fine. That's true. We haven't mentioned that, but yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those games where they kept, Stevenage created more chances, certainly, and forced more saves, but the keeper had an absolute blinder and Jamie Reed missed a couple, well, missed is harsh, failed to score a couple of chances where he was basically one-on-one, didn't get it wide enough and the keeper managed to get out a leg and push it away. And, you know, he said himself in his post-match interview, I should have had three or four today and that would have put us out of sight and I need to do better with those chances. And I think that's fair. Um, I think he's been a little bit too harsh on himself with those chances. He's he's hit all... he's The two, the two really good saves Anderson made from him, he's hit them both hard and low and into the corner. Anderson's just had a worldie to save both of them. Um, I yeah, don't I think, think he could have done much more. I think uh, well, the one, the one in the first, the one in the first half certainly looked like it was going to the corner. Maybe not second half. I don't have the best angle for that. You, you had a much better angle for that one. Yeah. Um, but I, certainly the one first half, he, they, he, I don't think he could have done more. Well, I mean, we are where we are. The the best save was from the McNeil. Um, hit from the centre of the box and it was like it was high and down the centre and you'd kind of want it wide to a corner if you could but to get up there as a keeper with that little time and get it over the bar was very He was Considering how advanced Stevens were down the pitch he was quite far off his line at that point as well because I think it was a bit of a break wasn't it 
So, um, so he was quite quite far out. So to be able to get up to the ball when it was probably at his highest as well, um, and just get his fingertips on it to brush it over was it was a fantastic save. <laughs> um, we'll get back to that. Let's talk about Carlisle's equal, first equaliser. Yeah, Jordan so Roberts gives I... it away. Sorry. Jordan Gold no, Roberts no. gives it away to one of their back line who swirls a long ball forwards and Maguire beats the offside trap, if you want to call it that. Gets in on goal. There's a kind of bit of confusion between Tay and Thompson, which allows Maguire just to stab it home fairly comfortably and simply, more comfortably and simply than it feels like it should have been now. There's yes. a lot of controversy about whether he was offside or not. You can't tell from the replay because the camera doesn't move fast enough to see where his run starts off. I suspect mm-hmm. what was happening was the stri- the defenders were coming up the pitch and he anticipated it and timed it nicely. So all yeah. the pelts the linesmen got were perhaps unfair. Um, they usually are, to be fair. Um, I mean, I had the say so the ball the ball from uh, Armour, their left back was played almost right in front of me. Uh, so I, when when he had the ball, I was already looking downfield because I, I could see he was shaping to hit it. Um, I think, I think, uh, like you just said, Maguire just timed his run to perfection. It was a fantastic pass. Bull, it was it was just weighted perfectly. You, you couldn't have, you couldn't really ask for more off of it as a, as a forward. Um, what what's really frustrating is. Sweeney and Pierre Gianni almost stopping and just sticking their hands in the air. Um, Thompson sort of hesitates, puts his hand in the air, and then follows back. But it's really frustrating to see professional footballers playing like children. Yes, play to the whistle, sort it out, then argue about it later. But Right, exactly. Yeah, it was... Um... Probably Tay's worst game for us. He was too far back on that one, according to Steve, after the game. And it was refreshing yes. to hear no complaint. It, it was all, we need to improve these bits of our performance. Like, it, we don't, it wasn't a case of, oh, the, the officials have done us here. So he was at least um, focusing on us, not on the matchday officials. And I think that's right. Um, we saw a few times Nathan Thompson's pace bail us out when we made mistakes at the back and it just couldn't do it on this occasion uh, and we need to be I think more focused in possession we saw Roberts give it away for this one um, and that kind of went a little bit under the radar because the rest of his game was really good but yeah there's a couple of mistakes that led to really dangerous positions and Carlisle didn't create that many themselves we created our own problems in this one and that's as I say a recipe for mid-table yeah absolutely um I think I think Steve's right um as much as the defending um was piss on their on their equalizer uh Tay was so slow to come out and deal with it and he was probably look he was probably expecting an offside flag as well um and that's why he reacted slowly but you just can't do it. It's it, it's it almost harkens back to you know. Do you, do you remember uh, Fabian Barthez doing it against West Ham in the FA Cup? <laughs> just standing yeah. standing there with his hand in the air for what felt like a minute while Paolo Di Canio and only Paolo Di Canio advanced on goal. Everybody else had stopped expecting a flag. 
just play. Play until they stop. Yeah. Because you know, you know, particularly down here, decisions are fairly scattergun, right? And sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't. So you play through until they give something. And, uh, you know, we saw second half when I absolutely lost my shit. The um, Ben Thompson had the ball. One, like the linesman could have reached out with his foot and kicked it away from him. It was that close to the linesman. And the defender had a massive, like, yard of Thompson's shirt pulling it away from him. It was the most blatant foul I've ever seen. An inch from a linesman's nose, and he gave nothing. And it's like, you've been really sharp on stuff all day, and you're not giving that. What is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, you, you just, you, you can't do it in this league. You can't, you can't stop expecting the correct decision. Um, although, you know, in in my view, I'd, I certainly believe that um, he was on side. So I just think, I just think we're a complete fault for that goal. Um, but the the rest of the second half was sorry. First half was just difficult, wasn't it? Because we weren't able to really it rocked us that goal, and it felt like we didn't play the way we had in the first twenty minutes. We we seemed to be on the back foot a lot, and like you said earlier, we we didn't have much of an out uh, in terms of the way we wanted to play. It was a lot of long balls forward. Um, and and not much else. Yeah, they didn't really re-establish any patterns of possession, and it looked kind of fairly panicky and hurried. And there was times where like McNeil rushed his pass through to Reed, and it just meant it just wasn't quite precise enough to let anyone to let Reed do something with it when he got to it. And that sort of thing was was symptomatic of how how they played for the rest of that half. And when they got in at half time. It will have been um, Stevenage the happier of the two for the break, I think. And certainly at the drinks break as well in that first half. That came at a time when we really needed a break to, you know, just have a chat and restructure ourselves about what we were doing. Because, like, on the face of the stats at the end of the game, it looks like we dominated. But that's not the whole story. And there were certainly big portions of the game where Carlisle had the majority of the control without really creating any chances with it, which is kind of what you'd expect for an away team. You know, when they were level, they slowed things right down and were looking to, you know, nick something off a Stevenage mistake, but for the most part, control the possession, control the tempo and keep us at arm's length. And that's what you'd expect from an away side. Yeah, yeah. Um, What did you make of Charlie Mineo's first half performance? All right. I wasn't like overly thrilled by it but he's got good um he ghosts about and gets himself into good dangerous positions if you can find him he wasn't found as much as you'd want to see uh he picked a booking which was you know a little bit harsh maybe but i mean uh i don't think it was he wanted a foul against him just moments before didn't he didn't get it then committed a foul it it was a very rash tackle from him. He was he never had any hope of really winning that ball. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so it was a young lad petulantly kicking out, basically. So I don't I don't blame the ref in that respect. There's so much more we can criticise the ref about. That one's probably not <laughs> it. 
<laughs> yeah, fair, fair. It, it wasn't as... I mean, he's a different sort of player to Presley, but it wasn't... It didn't bring the players in around him as much as Presley did that the, the first time we saw him, or the first time I saw him. So there's a bit of bedding in to do there, I think, and working out how we maximise his usefulness within the team. And to be fair, you can say the same... I only we only saw list for like seven minutes at the end, but we didn't play any passes in his vicinity that were the sort of thing that list needs to thrive, and that's the sort of thing we need to get smarter yeah. of as a team. Is saying okay, we've got list and read up front, right? We've got to be playing it on the floor into the channels. Then these sixty-yard looping, steepling crossfields from Pijani et al. aren't going to do the job if what's up there is list. You've got to be smarter, even in the last five minutes. You've got to be smarter than that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, second half, generally, I think um, again it was quite a slow. I think it was quite a slow start to the second half. I think uh, we we sort of we found our way into the game after about ten ten minutes or so, uh, and then it really was all Stevenage, wasn't it? From that point on, we were pushing, pressing high. Um, Carlisle was struggling to move the ball out. Um, we hit the Pierre Colpier Johnny hit the post. He also had a goal ruled out for offside, which, admittedly, from my horrendous angle to really judge it, he looked onside. I was watching Pidge as the ball was delivered. He used his he used his arm to to, to to just get his defender off of him, but he was coming back as the ball back towards the ball as the ball was played in order to lever himself off and get some space. The ball was delivered into him. Uh, which he, you know, he 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 didn't make great contacts with it. Yeah, Anderson had what looked like a really easy save to make, um, but spilled it. Pidge poked it home. Um, so I don't have the, I didn't have the best angle of it of to to say whether he was on or off. But the fact that he was coming back towards the ball to get to to lever himself off and get him himself some space from his defender before making that forward run, I can't imagine that he was actually offside. I just don't I, I, I don't actually believe he was off. Yeah, the the Pidge is such a threat from set pieces because he's so strong and he's so good in the air. That his, header he, off the bar his, his movement is so intelligent as well in the yeah, box. Yeah. That header off the bar, I was right behind it and he rose and hit it and it just looped, hit the underside of the yeah. bar. It could have gone in like a half inch lower. Bounced out, quite unlucky. And yeah, the the one that Anderson spilled, I was surprised to see a flag go up because of the way, once yeah. it comes off the keeper, like second, third phase, it was, yeah, it was a gut punch. And that, would that put a 3-1 up? Yeah, it would have put a 3-1 that up. That would have been 3-1, so yeah. Probably dead and buried at that point. But um, yeah, you, yeah you'd have thought it wasn't so. to be. Um, on that first one, you mentioned it when Pidge hit the bar. Um, I'm really frustrated that Jamie Reid tried to hit a, like an acrobatic shot because if he just waits momentarily for the ball to drop he's got a much easier volley to try and hit yeah, hit, hit the ball in the net um but at the same time you know you can't blame somebody for the instinct to try and hit the acrobatically a lot of players wouldn't and you know might miss out on a goal or two here and there I mean, waiting for something in League One is not normally the strategy in the box, certainly. And also, he's got um, Josh March's goal of the season to take off him at some point as well. So, uh... well, this is true. I, don't, I think 
I think uh, Reed's goal against Northampton might be goal of the season at the moment. That's true. That's true. And I tell you what, if uh, Sweeney had scored that when he picked up the ball on the halfway line and yeah. people, he did a full on Darius Charles. I was, I was, uh, I, I was right behind him when he hit that, and it was possibly the worst, one of the worst shots I've seen in my life. It was slightly scuffed scored, it in every way. It's he, he, he scuffed it in every way it was possible to scuff it. Like it was impressive. Yeah, bless. It was not. A vintage Sweeney performance. Oh, but I mean, maybe it was. There was a a lot of occasions where he played balls that got other team members in a lot of trouble, and mm-hmm. it did not feel comfortable back there. Some of the mm-hmm. time, uh, we we made. No. I think I would say we put our backline under more problems than Maguire and Coyote did in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Coyote in the first half, uh, he was full of running and uh, he was press. Press was quite good, but that was about it. He got a long old throw, that boy, ain't he? Jesus yeah. Christ. And Absolute he loved, bullet. Uh, he loved the kind of backing in, shoulder into the chest of the defender behind him. That was the thing I noticed yes. about him the most. But like in terms of link-up play Sweeney of their got, own accord, there was barely any. Sweeney got very lucky to not have a, not be given a yellow, potentially a red as well, for a coming together with Coyote where Sweeney's, uh, Sweeney's arm was right across Coyote's face. Don't know how intentional. Not sure how intentional it was, but uh, you've seen him sent off for that. Yep, he took one back as well from whoever fourteen was. Hold on, let me find it. Joe Garner. Joe Garner. Yeah. Last quarter of that game, under the high ball was I'm jumping early, going through uh, Sweeney's yeah. face, and then picking up the pieces afterwards. If a foul isn't given against me, and there's definitely one where he went arm first into the face, like not swinging, yeah. but certainly. No. You've seen those booked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't remember the second goal at all. Our second, our second goal. Our second goal was Roberts beat Other than the man, fact that it was a definitely main goal, right. by the way. He, uh, Roberts beat a man far on the left-hand side. Really yeah. nice bit of play. <laughs> And then swirled a ball to Jamie Reed on the right-hand edge of the penalty area. It must have gone uh, 40, 50 yards. Great pass. Uh, that's right, yeah. He did really... Joe uh, Roberts actually did really well to get himself space to, to play that. I think he actually yeah. beats two men out on the left to yeah. get to get the space to play the ball. That's right. And then it was a, then it was a classic case of Jamie Reed having failed to score one-on-ones that are a lot simpler... Managing to yeah. control a ball from sixty yards away, beat a guy, take it pretty wide, like he was not that far from the goal line when he scored, yeah. and then smashing it in from a narrow angle. And as you say, it might have taken a deflection off someone. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, was, it was their number six was right central, and it, honestly, from my angle, it looked like the ball was coming across, and six must have thought it was already in. Didn't look into me, but he just hammers it into the net. Like I don't, I don't know what he's doing. It's it's, it's a proper like poacher's finish, though. Oh, they've still given it Reedy on the stat sheet, and he deserves it. For I think it was probably. I think it was probably going in, um, so it won't get overturned. But it was definitely going in. Un- unlike uh, unlike uh, McNeil's goal last weekend. No comment. It was hundred percent, hundred percent wide. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But um, yeah, no, I think it was. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Jordan Roberts did fantastically well to to get that ball across. Um, but then was beaten for the header for the equaliser. So a yes. very mixed day for Roberts. That and the sort of unnecessary the yellow card. It was like yeah. he showed all sides of it, and he showed why you don't want to leave him at the side because he can do stuff like that. But I mean, he had a great game. Yeah, I think I think he had a great game um, overall. To be honest, he made he made two little mistakes, um, one of which ended up costing us two points. But um, I think I think Roberts had a typically great game. You know, his 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 best position is one hundred percent in behind the front two because um, he can just ghost about, cause problems. He he wins the ball high up the pitch so often. Yeah, um, he's a real real pain in the ass to play against. I'd hate to play up against him. Oh, absolutely. Um, they, had, they put they put they put Callum Guy on him, uh, and and Callum Guy got dominated for the. 58 minutes he was on the pitch. Actually, I think Callum Guy came off later, in fact. Um, he 84 came off about minutes. 30 seconds after he was booked. Yeah, eight, yeah, 84th minute. Um, and then Plange came on and, and and was completely anonymous for the final, what ended up being 15 minutes. Yeah. The, the, the tallest striker they'd had on the pitch all game. But, um, no, Plange was, well, mid- Plan, Plan, was in midfield. Um uh, Garner and uh, Blade went up front. Oh, maybe that was just from the set piece following when he got. Blade was a problem, wasn't he? So he, fast. He was rapid. Yeah, he caused a lot of problems down that um, left hand side. They 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 could have they could have actually had a really good go if they could have found the ball found found the found a ball to him where uh, it hadn't like, a better pass down the down the flanks to him. There were plenty of balls played forward for him and. Even giving Sweeney and Pidge ten yards, um, he was beating them to it. Uh, it was a hundred percent a penalty, by the way. Oh, Sweeney on the in the left edge of the area. Sweeney, yeah. Sweeney in the corner of the area. It was it was absolutely it was an all day penalty. He was, they were in the box when the foul occurred. Um, when the ref obviously blew for a foul, I was expecting a penalty, which is never good. Could not. I could not, but I can't. I couldn't believe he didn't get give it, and he didn't even give a card. Didn't even get a card, yeah. uh, Sweeney, for that. It's just unbelievable. Um, absolutely ridiculous. Just unbelievable. I'd, well, no, it's not. It's not unbelievable, is it? Because Darren Drysdale, he's useless. I mean, you can't say it's unbelievable when it happens virtually every week. It wasn't, as we say, it wasn't biased. It was just scattergun, and uh, yeah, yeah, we we got away with one on that occasion, but. It balances up what we failed to get away with at the other end, failed to profit from at the other end, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then obviously the goal that we conceded, just you know, ball into the back post, corner into the back post, headed in by four foot one, uh, uh, Ghana. Mm. There's a lot of things need to be tidied up from that. It's it's a so good cross much. because he's whipped it really nice and it's got a horrible yeah. trajectory to deal with on it. But it, you want someone flying out and clearing that from kind of you know penalty spot center of the six yard box. By the time it's got I mean, that they, they, through, they packed, you've always got yourself they, problems. They packed that six yard box full of players. Like 
I'd go as far as saying about 75% of all the players on the pitch were in the six-yard box. Um, so it's really difficult to deal with from a Stevenage point of view. But it almost feels like no one tried to deal with it. Mm. Which is pretty unusual for us. Like Attacking set pieces isn't necessarily the problem. No. You wouldn't think with Pidge and Sweeney back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tucked in the back post Sorry. and then no oh there's a Roberts header after that in injury time wasn't it because they scored in the 90th minute and then we had seven extra could have been yeah. 20 extra it felt like it was there was a lot of hanging about second half but it, yeah it was a little bit a little bit surprising that it, it it was actually ended after about eight minutes yeah I thought it would run on a bit and yeah, we come out of the game thinking we haven't made the most of our chances. We've created our own problems and we've dropped two points as a result. And as I say, it was refreshing to hear Steve afterwards basically say that and that we've got to look inwards and do things better to pick up the points in that sort of scenario rather than blaming close off sides and stuff like that, which some managers would. Yeah. And we've yeah. done in the past as well, to be fair. The thing about it is, for me, is you know people were celebrating going top of the league because no one else was playing, and um, Leighton Orient did us a favour. But it's yeah. the sort of game that if you don't pick up three points from it, you drop out of playoff contention because those around you will pick up three points from games like this. So yes, absolutely. It's, it, it's a short term victory, but it's not a it's not a result that will keep you at the business end of the table. And that's something they need to uh, sort out if that's what their end of season goal is. Which I'm sure they'll say it will. Yeah. Um, well, that's that. Um, let's have a look at the League Two table. League, League Two, ha! League One table, shall we? Um, League One, I remember. Of, of, Obviously, obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of teams that like you mentioned didn't play. There were only two games yesterday: which was Carlisle versus Stevenage and Orient versus Exeter. All the other games were called off because of uh, international fixtures. Um, in fact, I can't even be asked to go through the full table. Uh, Carlisle move up to nineteenth uh, and out of the uh, the drop zone. Uh, oh, actually, no, they wouldn't have been. They weren't in the, they weren't in the drop zone. Orient, however, um, they've moved up to seventh to sixteenth with that uh, with that big three points. They're on seven points now. Um, Exeter, who were top, dropped down to third um, on goal difference and goal scored. Um, Bolton stay second, and Stevenage up to up to first, fourteen points, um, one point clear of Bolton. Woo. Temporarily woo. Temporarily woo, yeah, exactly. You feel like Carlisle are a team who aren't going to be as close to the relegation places at the end of the season as they are now, looking at that. They looked pretty yeah. solid. Unless, you yeah. know, creating chances is their, their issue. But <coughs> you'd feel like there are going to be teams that are less well-organised that they'll take advantage of uh, this season. I don't worry for them, or I wouldn't if I was their fans. I mean, I don't worry for them because I don't care. But, you know what I mean? And that takes us on to Charlton, I guess, who uh, sit, where do they sit? 17th? Six points only from six games? 
Nine, oh, 19th. 19th. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. They, even, uh, they've got a new new, uh, new uh, management set up with uh, Appleton taking over there. Mm, he was at he was he was at he was at Broadway Broadway this weekend. Him and uh, his assistant. There was a lot of people at Broadway this weekend. Yeah, the yeah, PGMOL sent uh, some of their uh, some of their uh, training staff and and stuff to watch our game. I oh, wonder I whether we'll get. So. Yeah, I wonder whether we'll get an apology. No, because as we, we say, it was mind. it was it went both ways, so it wasn't like. Yeah, to be fair, it did. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this look, season, they've they've uh, scraped a win at home against Leighton Orient, who, as we've seen, are mediocre. Got pumped by Newport in the cup. Lost to Peterborough. Lost to Bristol Rovers. Lost to Port Vale at home. Lost to Oxford United. Scraped a win against Fleetwood, who looked ropey, and then lost to Crawley Town away in who, the Bully Trophy. And who, who knows pish. what's what the teams were like in that game. So it's another one, another home fixture that we should be going into looking for three points. I guess you're always looking for three points, but they haven't shown anything to be scared of this season, albeit they're a bigger club for this division. But yes, I don't know. You, you can't be going in thinking that. You've got to be going in thinking they're bottom half, we're top and pushing for promotion. We've got to be trying to get three points out of this fixture. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think we would. It would be a, a, a real shame if we uh, didn't attack that game like we did the first twenty minutes of this week. I think um, looking at looking at some of the transfers they made, they've lost some good players. They brought in a few good players, but it's just not clicked for them so far. Uh, they've got a new manage, manager who you know who hasn't had that long with them. I know new manager bounce is a thing, so hopefully we can avoid that kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'd be I'd be disappointed if we don't see a don't see a very competitive fixture. Mm. We need to we need to really attack it. Absolutely, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they keep Alfie May quiet because he's a kind of mercurial sort of player who's really hard to pin down. Certainly for. Yeah. Defenders like Sweeney and Pidge, who are about being really big and strong, it might come down to Nathan Thompson um, yeah. keeping him quiet and a defensive midfielder dropping into him. They've got old Sheffy Wednesday, old boy Michael Hector at centre back, which is interesting because he was always like a dynamic, bombastic fullback at Wednesday. So see where his career's gone. But he's a big, strong physical player. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how we deal with that in terms of uh, how we attack it. I'll be interested yeah, think... to see whether whether the back lineup stays the same for us, or whether we see Finley Burns returning to the back three and uh, maybe Sweeney dropping out. That's what I'd probably I, aim I th- edge for. I, th- I think that all hinges on whether our right back situation has improved. Yeah, that I must sense. say, Dean Dino was a little bit surprised to see Luther wasn't in the squad. Mm. Maybe um, be which... cautious with it. Yeah, possibly. I think this is this was a more winnable game than uh, you would say. This should have been a more winnable game than you would say Charlton would be. Um, so I've got no problem giving giving Lou for another weekend's 
rest to make sure he's fit for it. Interestingly, I saw um, I saw uh, uh, Van Kooten, um on my way into the ground. He was jogging back to his car, um, and actually, he he like he clocked me and said, "All right," before I actually said said anything, which was nice. which was. Yeah, I was like, oh, hello. Um, but I was like, you're moving well, mate. And he goes, not far off. <laughs> good. That's so good that's, to but, but, you know, I'd still expect maybe th- two, three, maybe four weeks. But, but that's, that's very good to hear. I can't, I, I can't wait to have him back. I think, I that... think my preferred, my preferred back three would probably, probably, oh, it's difficult, you know, Pidge. It, it's really tough. Pidge, Van Kooten, and Thompson, I think. Because I was thinking before, like, all we've seen from Thompson is playing that centre of the three role. And if you do go Sweeney, Pidge, and Burns, none of those have played that centre of the three role. So it's yeah. it's him and Van Kooten who are the two who've played that. And now, I don't know how much of an adaptation it is, probably not a lot, but it's the fine margins, isn't it? In this sort of division, it's not, there's not much between a lot of the teams. So that level of organization might make the difference. And yeah, we need full-time right backs back to build up those partnerships with wider midfielders as much as anything. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fine having people standing in and they've done a damn good job standing in. Certainly that wasn't the problem against Carlisle, but you know, it's, it's, the things that make the difference as you get towards the business end um, yeah. and certainly against the bigger sides in the division it's uh, that sort of thing that will make the difference it will it will 100% yeah um, one thing I did want to address is uh, we had three uh, literally just just before we scored we had three um, three players strips off ready to come on Listy, uh, Sean McDonald was stripped off, and um, annoyingly, I can't remember who the other one was. Um, and we didn't see him for ages. No, and yeah, he was with the with the weather and with the game the way it was going. It was really frustrating to see him not making changes earlier. That's true. It was warranted. Like Ben Thompson came on for Louis on seventy nine minutes, and that is that Thompson is late was the other one in that sort of heat. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. was surprising not to see striking changes before the well ninety first minute when List came off I, for Reed. I also, I also wouldn't have taken Reedy off. Oh, we I had the probably... half time, of course, didn't we? Yeah, no, but I wouldn't have taken I wouldn't have taken Reedy off uh, at all. I don't think it warranted it. I'd have been t- I'd have probably been tempted to take maybe take one of the back back five off, put an extra striker on because I don't I know they went and scored, but it didn't look like they were going to go and score. I'd have been quite comfortable playing a black four and having sort of four three three. That would have been very. I mean, it, was, it wouldn't have been aggressive at one all, but it would have been very aggressive after the second. Possibly, possibly, but you know that I think I think sometimes it calls for a bit more regression and and to try and see out games. I think we sat. I think we ended up sitting off him, sitting off him once we uh once we were ahead, and that hurt us a bit. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it just gives them the chances to pick up those set pieces if they can't. 
do it from open play, and yeah. the set piece is what bit us in the end. Because the closest they came yeah. from open play was that shot from like twenty five yards that went over the bar. Oh, Owen, Owen Moxon. Yeah. Owen Moxon sm- smashed it. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that far over. It was only about a, a couple of feet, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was tame. It was never, never danger, and never putting putting Tay in, in any trouble. That one. It was far enough over that it wasn't worrying, but what was worrying was no one pressured face. him. No one got yeah. in his face to stop the shot, and he was close enough that you can put it in the top corner from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's probably about it. You got any extra times for us? Oh, maybe I do. Let's have a look. I should have loaded this up before. I was too busy watching the highlights, all tw- two minutes, three seconds of them. I mean, the fact that there were like no other games and we still only got a couple of minutes is just nonsense, isn't it? It's it, considering like how long they were taking over goal kicks and throw-ins and stuff, and they said pre-season, a we're going to clap down that with yellow cards, which they didn't, and b we're going to stop the clock and add that on, which they didn't. I was expecting more like frigging fifteen, and certainly week <laughs> one of the season we'd have got like fifteen for it now. Yeah. You don't want that to become the norm, but if you're trying to stamp it out of the game, you've got to enforce it. If you just go back to normal, which is what happened in this, well, seven minutes is long, I suppose, but if you go back towards normal, teams are going to be like, well, we didn't get punished for it, so why would we not do it? And yeah, What you want as a fan is ball in play. Watching people waiting to take throw-ins and goal kicks is really tedious. For either side, I don't like it when my side does it either, but I understand yeah. why you want to nullify things and get your breath back and you know take the sting out of the game as a side who are um, you know away from home and fighting for that point in a hostile atmosphere. So I get it, but I don't enjoy it. No, um, not at all. I've got two things that I might not have mentioned. Um, on my list of potential extra times. Let's go with um, I used to play six aside with a guy called Fred and he f- I wore a Stevenish shirt to one of the games and he was like, hi, oh, Stevenish fan, I know one of their lads. I'll bring him down next week. He can play with us. And I was like, do we want a Stevenish player playing at my shit level six aside game? I'm not sure we do. But he didn't end up playing, but he did bring him down to the pitch after the game, and I guess they went out and had food together or something. But yeah, so I was like, oh, so I wonder who's going to turn up. Turned out it was Bira Dembele. So we had a nice, very sheepish chat <laughs> to very shy people trying to have a chat to one another. He's a very nice man. <laughs> but also, yeah, it was, uh, I was a little bit starstruck. It was it was a good, a good chat. <laughs> cool. I've got nothing to add. I don't think... Uh... Uh, I mean, I used to have a, uh, sort of a, 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 a kickabout game at Bulldog Arena on Thursdays. I used to go to with Dean, um, and we used to have an ex-Stevenage player who played there. Um, but like, I'm talking about like a early '90s Stevenage Stevenage player. Um, just can't remember for the life of me what his name was. Darren. I don't know, so I can't remember his surname. Darren something. It's funny, you come up against people who, like, you don't realise have got that background. I played the first mm-hmm. six-a-side game I went to 
in Sheffield, I think it was. Um, there's this really fat guy, and I looked at him and I was like, he, he's not going to be able to run. And the first time I tried to take the ball off him, just bounced off him, turned me, bashed it in the top corner. I was like, okay, this guy's got some pedigree. You have to show him a bit more respect than that. Yeah, do you know what that that that's one of the that's that's always one of the things uh, when I've when I've played football, people don't expect me to be quite as good as I am. Um, you know, I've got quite good close control. I'm strong and I can hit. I can I can score goals. Um, I mean, I use I say I can. I haven't played football for a few years because my knees <laughs> are base, my knees are basically like peanut brittle now. Um, <laughs> So it's it's it just just you know it takes it takes me about a fortnight to recover from an hour playing football on a Thursday night, so I yeah. just get it. I can't I can't get I can't do it anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it used to be funny with people being like, "Oh, right, here he is," and then you know I'd dribble. I, I'd have I'd have days where I'd pick up the ball in defence, take on basically the entire team. Usually miss at the end because I was exhausted and didn't have the energy to actually find the net. Uh, but people would be like, oh, actually, you know, maybe we should watch out for him. It's always funny watching people underestimate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to learn, right? You do it once and then you work out standoff block shots. If you keep going in and getting mugged, then you're the mug. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there was a guy called uh, Andy Barrow that used to play with us who uh, you do once or twice and then rather than continue to underestimate you, He'd just start taking your ankles. He was a twat. Ugh, you don't need that sort of player on your pitch, do you? Not at all. That might be the first time I saw on this this podcast. Apart from right. pre-intro, which doesn't count unless you put it in the post-intro. Yes. Uh, uh, that'll be us for today. Thanks for joining me, Pat. Pleasure as always. Um, if you're here... You probably found us through Twitter, so I don't think there's much point in bringing that up. Uh, have a good week, everybody, and uh, up the borough! Woo! There goes the final whistle, and Steve Richard sealed promotion, and in style here at the Lamex Stadium, and on run the fans. What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNugget's share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.